2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with Tevin Pittman,
1: Mike Gelson,
2: and Andy Brampernard. See, there you go. God, I'm looking at some uh, headlines in the Wall Street Journal right now. Uh, there's not a lot of really good new U.S.-China militaries restore dialogue after a dangerous rupture. Do you know about the dangerous rupture? I did not know. Anyone?
1: Well, I, I think that uh, it's kind of ongoing <laughs> in many ways. I mean, for the last couple of centuries. Well, if you go back, uh, yeah, definitely.
2: It's been around for a long, long time, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, it's just that
1: China's maybe a little more powerful now.
2: They are, but apparently their the economy is not doing well at all. Yeah. That's what I understand. Well, anyway. they, the
1: big problem they have, of course, is which we can identify with, is a lack of labor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, they're they're a very old country at this point with old people.
2: Uh, Next headline, the Wall Street Journal, Harvard backs president after new plagiarism allegations against Claudine Gay. What did they think was going to happen? Do they think they would all of a sudden just—they're going to have to support her from this point forward, right? Because it got so hideous at the beginning and they stayed with her. They're going to have to stay with her forever now, are they not?
1: Well, um, when when it's—I guess when it's compatible with their financial goals— that's
2: exactly right, Mike. I'm glad you brought it up because it's all about the money again.
1: Right? And they're like, you know, they would qualify it like as one of the top 20 corporations in the country. Uh,
2: they've mm-hmm. lost, what, like $7 billion in donations now in the last uh, six months, something like that. Yeah. A lot of people pulling their money out of Harvard because it is one of the biggest shitholes in the world. But, you know, it's just the way it is. What did we come up with again? How, how many professors aren't there like? What was it, like 2400 professors at one college. Yeah, it was like 2000ish, mm-hmm. I think. 2000. Mm-hmm. Two th- why do they need 2000 professors, Michael Gelfand?
1: Um, I guess I guess because for one thing they can afford it. So, yeah, you know, true. and and most most colleges and universities just can't afford that.
2: No, they cannot. But why do they need all those professors anyway?
1: No. I, I I don't know maybe they maybe they attract donations. Yeah. And I bet you if they oh. you broke
3: down yeah. the number like that number there's probably a lot of professors that are just one class a week that they teach because they've been there for so long yeah. and they're just hanging out. Like they're emeritus
1: professors. Yeah. Yep
2: yeah could be but uh, what was it again andy 52 billion dollars in the bank uh yeah in assets so not in the bank but in assets
0: that is yeah, their that net, is better, better net worth
1: yeah they're they're investing that money <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i'm
2: sure a lot of it 52 billion dollars ladies and gentlemen yeah so it's pretty much the same as north hennepin junior college isn't
1: it same thing it's got to yeah. be
2: pretty close yeah. 52 billion well, I mean, I think I said uh, $52 billion,
0: so this is in millions, so that would be $52,000 mm-hmm. And that would put them right around the level of the country of Uganda.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they have the same economy. And, well, and by the cool way, way, in Uganda,
1: you can get a pretty good education. There you go. Yeah. You really can.
2: Well, so there you go. Yeah, there they're, you have it, they're about Bolivia,
0: general. Latvia, Estonia, Paraguay. By quite a bit by the way Mm.
2: Iceland they're almost they're almost two Icelands (laughs) I suppose that's true so Mike let me ask you a question as as the time moves on here it looks like they're trying to find a solution to this uh Hamas uh Israel war do you do you see it that way
1: uh I have seen it that way you know um in the past and Mm -hmm. was always uh disappointed um and i don't see where uh, you know it's just such a stupid thing isn't it i mean the solution is so obvious yes. there you you know you go with two separate countries right that's the only yep. way you'll mm-hmm. ever have any chance of them not being at war with each other forever but true. netanyahu certainly didn't want that we took huge steps backwards with him Because he felt like his political career was based on a continuation, a daily continuation of warfare.
2: Yeah, it's true. Now, does this headline surprise you? Gazans are starting to blame Hamas for wartime suffering. That's interesting. That's got to be pretty good news for the Jews, don't you think?
1: Well, we've learned not to get too excited about that. (laughs) That's really nice.
2: We don't get excited over any good news. Uh, do you think that this thing is going to hopefully at least slow down and eventually come to an end? It has to end sometime.
1: Well, maybe. I mean, uh, I guess. Look at Ireland. No one thought that would ever end. Yeah, that's true. true. And did it? Well, sort of.
0: Right. Well, sort the troubles ended. They stopped blowing each other up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the bias is still there, but that's mm. okay. We all live with that. Yeah, that's, this is true.
2: You know what I love about Ireland more than anything? They both believe in basically the same religion, just a different version of the religion. (laughs) Yeah. And you're killing each other over that? Well,
0: it was largely over loyalists and separatists. Some of them wanted to be part of England and others didn't, and so they killed each other. Yeah,
1: and the ones that uh, didn't want to be part of England were the ones who were starving to death.
2: Yeah, that's very true. No question, but but it just makes me kind of wonder that that, that the whole situation, it's like, you know, you believe in the same God. Even Jesus was I mean, Protestants and Catholics, yeah. it, it's a big Jesus deal, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you get so far apart you want to kill one another? And again, I understand the England thing entering into it because some Irish people are not big fans of England. I uh, know. So I do understand that, but How do you get to the point where you're killing everybody that comes near you? I just don't understand that.
1: It's, uh, I mean, it goes a long ways back, doesn't it?
2: It certainly does. Here's another positive headline just a couple of days before Christmas. Flesh rotting trank undermines fentanyl fight.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Trank?
2: What? Does that even
0: mean? It's a drug. You inject it and it eats away at your muscle tissue. They they have one of these every five years.
3: It's Trank, like a tranquilizer?
0: Uh, Well, it's called Trank. It's not like literally, like, you know, a tranquilizer, but Hmm. I forget what actually. I think it's a synthetic dealy. I believe you're right. Yeah. I thought Let's it was
3: like a see. slur or something. I was like, "Can we even say that on the?" <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with drink. Okay. But- <laughs> These tranks just won't
0: stop taking drugs, yeah, man. Yeah, damn tranks. Uh, xylazine is a veterinary oh. anesthetic.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. So there you go. So that's in the streets now. Oh. Everything's on the streets why is everything on the streets what i mean seriously mm-hmm. the drug companies can't keep control of their own drugs oh it's not the drug companies it's the
0: cities and the lack of enforcement
3: yeah yeah, it's yeah. It is, it? and i wonder if it's like probably a situation where if somebody's doing you know heroin or whatever street drug that would be similar to this yeah. drug and then they go well we can't get that anymore because of a." it's harder to get now but i can go rob this veterinarian clinic that has something that's kind of similar for animals and I'll just start taking that
1: yep and it's also about the drug economy which is the greatest economy in the world Mm -hmm. because it's the absolute opposite of capitalism with capitalism uh, traditionally what we what we like to believe at least is that the if there's if there's a demand there'll be a supply it's totally different with drugs if there's a supply there will be a demand yeah
2: yeah that's very very true but i still don't understand and that's the biggest argument i have on the border situation the amount of fentanyl that's crossing that border every day is just unbelievably huge why I, we got to get a better better hold on that problem i would think
1: but with with fentanyl it can all be it can all be created in a laboratory anywhere yeah. in the world including right. right here in the us and and that yep. With fentanyl, that's what will take over. If it's not already, that will take over as the main supply. It'll just be, it'll just be laboratories, you know, could be next door to you. Yeah, it's the same as meth.
0: Yeah. meth yeah. You, can, you can make meth anywhere with some relatively cheap equipment. Mm-hmm. Why, so, so why are they still bringing it
2: across the border by the ton then? It's still cheaper from overseas. Well, I suppose then that's the answer then. So it's a monetary issue? The, they mm-hmm. just bring all these tons and tons and tons of pills with them and sell Yum. them. And... Well,
0: and the fentanyl manufacturing process is extremely dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get any of it on you at any point during the process, you're probably dead. So Jesus. a lot of it is being made in like these, you know, black market laboratories where it's like they're – they're being paid 10 cents a day to do it. And if they die, then whatever, we'll just get a new one. It's like
1: our clothing, you know, why isn't the clothing made in the U.S.? Yeah,
0: Same reason. Yep, right. it's just a lot cheaper to make things where there are almost no regulations or rules or, you know.
1: yep,
2: And indentured servitude is very common. Yeah, I just see. That's the other thing about this. I used to like it when made in America actually meant something. It was it was a good thing back in the day, don't you think? Well, I mean, it still is. It's just rare. It's very, very rare. But all the good stuff back in the day was made in America. They they used to brag about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when they found out they could make more money by not making it in America, the same people yep. were chirping. Oh, I got to move across uh, the the pond. Yep. Yeah.
1: And we do also, you know, when, when it comes to drugs, there there is this sort of um, well, what I would say anyway is a pandemic of hopelessness. Yeah. And uh, people who see no future, who are entirely hopeless, um, why wouldn't they want to take fentanyl? Because it kills you? No, they yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. That's what I I don't I'm saying.
3: They care. No, they're at a point in their life where they're like, if the drug kills me, mm-hmm. I'll probably feel like killing them, or they probably feel like killing themselves somewhat anyway. So they mm-hmm. don't really wow. care. And that's yeah. why
1: those drugs are so popular in places like, well, for example, Ohio. You know, where all mm-hmm. the auto plants left and the rubber plant left Akron, and you go on and on, and so the economy just totally went in the shitter there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so i got to ask this question. What is the ultimate impact of U.S. steel going out of business in Pennsylvania? Well, they're Mm. not
1: going out of business. They're being bought. They
2: were bought by somebody else, so you may as well say they're out of business because it's going to change a lot.
1: Right, well, they're out of business in Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, Well, nippon they were bought by Nippon Steel, who said that they're going to expand U.S. steel in Pennsylvania. They mm. said that they're going to keep the same plants and everything, but they're going to expand them. Mm. And I mean— I honestly don't see why that wouldn't be the best strategy because we do have tons and tons of iron deposits still in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, God, I was just in Duluth um, and every second there were gigantic train cars going out with a bunch of uh, iron yeah. iron gravel. I don't know the specifics about it, but yeah, they're still exporting yeah. whatever the hell that stuff is yeah. in the millions of tons every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we have the resources. You know, we have the land. I just, you know, and it's not like steel is difficult to make as long as you've got the equipment. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't they just keep it here?
1: Well, I like can, there was this big story about Dayton, Ohio, and one of the newspapers I read in the last few days. And so the population in Dayton, Ohio, is about half what it was maybe 25, 30 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you're, you know, we're sort of watching the city die. And you can imagine. I mean, all these all these factories left, all these corporations left, and there wasn't just weren't a a whole lot of jobs left left there. And so you can imagine, there are all these people there who once had pensions and retirement plans, and they had health care, and they got and they of course mostly they had jobs. They got nothing Mm -hmm. now. They just absolutely have nothing.
2: Yep. And it's all about taxation, isn't it? Uh, It's about slave labor mm-hmm. honestly yeah well yeah. it is about slave I mean, because if- nippon steel uh, i'm sure promised that uh they will keep the plants in Pittsburgh and pennsylvania and all the rest oh, of sure. it it's going to have to be tax-free or they're not going to do it that's just a fact i don't know people from tokyo are used to being taxed
1: I well think that's the taxes true. in
0: ohio and pennsylvania mm-hmm. they're going to be like wow this is great
1: and california is doing pretty well <laughs> and they got the highest taxes of, of, of all don't they yeah, just mm-hmm. above
0: Minnesota. It depends on how you calculate
1: it. Yeah, right. And There's a lot are. of different ways to, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, that's true. So how is U.S. manufacturing overall? I mean, is it healthy? I mean, it's not what it used to be, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I wonder but is it still pretty healthy? U.S.
0: manufacturing output. Let's see here. 1997 to 2023. Uh, in terms of raw money, it's gone up, up, up. That's good. In 1997, it was 1.
1: 1.3 trillion.
0: Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. it is 2.5 trillion.
1: And so then, of course, doubled. the big question is, what about employment? Well, that's right, the yeah. thing: is as
0: percentage of GDP, it has gone down quite a bit, mm-hmm. from 16 percent to 10 percent. So I, I mean, you could interpret that multiple ways because because the amount of well, actually, let's do an inflation calculation because that would give us a better. Uh, better idea of how much it's actually grown. So 1997, I said, let's see, 1379, 1997, that would be equivalent to 2.6 trillion today. So actually it has gone down, but only a little bit. It's gone down Mm. maybe 5%. Right. But with
1: probably a lot fewer workers well yeah Mm -hmm.
0: that's the thing is a lot of it is robotics these days 1997 robotics existed but they weren't terribly common yeah whereas like you know someone like joe could tell you all of these car parts they're all being manufactured and assembled by robots
1: because you know ideally an economy is something that serves the best interests of the people
0: yeah. Right, but it's like, you know, I'm, you know,
1: But that's not it anymore. Now it now it's just, it's just whatever makes the most money. Well, it's like yep. if
0: I own a factory, I can either pay a billion dollars a year to have workers putting my cars together mm-hmm. or I can pay, you know, 50 million dollars a year having robots put it together. Obviously, I'm going to choose the robots. Yeah. You can't really fault them for going with the yeah. cheaper arguably more cuz robots can work 24 hours a day. They never
1: stop, too. But the problem is it's where the economy is not efficient anymore. The problem is that these these jobs aren't being replaced. Right. That is right. they're they're right. always
0: like, "Oh, well, you know, the jobs is going to be manufacturing and yeah. uh uh maintaining these robots but one person can maintain an entire assembly floor worth of robots
1: because that's what we used to hear is well of course we're losing you know uh, all these all these jobs but they'll be replaced by jobs you know in the information yeah that is not well that hasn't happened
0: i can tell you (laughs) as someone who does programming um something that would have taken a team of 10 people to make in the 80s Hmm. one person could easily do now yeah. As technology gets better, the amount of people needed to run it gets much smaller. Yeah. So the idea of, like, you know, infinite job growth because of technology, it's, it's the opposite. Mm. More technology means fewer jobs. But what I don't get is, okay, so you got your factory guy. He's saving however many billions of dollars a year with these robots. Why is it that the amount of money to go around isn't increasing? If everything is becoming more efficient and cheaper to make why are things still becoming more expensive
1: well you know there's a lot of reasons and I don't know them all but one thing I do know is that now you have CEOs you know who are making you know like two hundred million dollars a year not in income of course but right. in net worth mm-hmm. and so you know when you when you have that I mean, look it's just it's just Goes back to the same old thing. There's just that, that huge gap, that massive gap between the richest, you know, one tenth of one percent and everybody else.
2: Well, that that one guy a couple of years ago that left the medical field and his uh, his separation pay was almost a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is in the medical industry. Mm-hmm. Is the medical industry now a medical industry, or is it just a money machine? It's just a money
3: machine, and it's the most well-organized group of drug dealers
2: oh, yeah. in America. I mean, it's it, it, it's um, like I said, I went to the hospital, and I had a CAT scan. What are the things they do, the CAT scan, they have a couple other things, whatever. It a CT
3: things. scan? Is that different than a CAT scan? CT and CAT are the same. Oh, you get the MRIs,
1: yeah. The MRI,
2: there you go. But I had it all done and checked over to make sure everything was cool and all the rest of it. I was there about two and a half hours, and the bill was $16,000. Mm-hmm. $16,000. I didn't have to pay
1: it because right. I have insurance, but still... But see, that's where I the mean, insurance industry comes in. Yeah, that's so, exactly right. You know, they're making huge. They, they control our medical culture about as much as anybody else does. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. that. I mean, there's no
2: question. Is that a good thing? I don't think so. No. No, because the medical field, they go, well, should we
3: raise prices? And then they go, yeah, yeah, we can raise it. Insurance pays it anyway. Yep. And then that's how the prices just get so astronomically. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the
1: great thing is, you know, if surgery, of course, obviously costs a huge amount of money, but it's more. Mostly done by computer it's yep. robotic
2: yeah it is robotic there's no doubt about it a lot of people in the medical field now are retiring young because they make so much money millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. they're retiring now in their 40s yeah well let's see general
0: surgeon's salary it uh, depends on where you live of course but sure uh, 450k
3: mm-hmm. yeah what, what's Pretty uh good? i remember growing up i had a friend who his Mom was an anesthesiologist, and his dad was like a surgeon or something. Oh, anesthesiologist! Like anesthesiologist. That. Oh, that's, that's very. What yes. I found out how much she made, and yep. I was like, "You mean the person that comes and tells you to count backwards?
0: Yep. Yeah. That yeah. person <laughs> makes that much money. No. Like, so you don't. Do
1: you don't count backwards anymore. <laughs> oh, no, you just go In, to sleep. instead of saying ten, you say t, and yeah. you're done.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Sometimes, like I, I won't even remember getting wheeled into surgery room sometimes Mm -hmm. because it it takes effect so quickly but in Mm -hmm. the past it was like you're in there and then they start giving it to you and then like you remember counting down to like four yeah but now it's like bang
1: yeah all i remember is saying to the surgeon don't kill me (laughs) and after that it's all blank
2: (laughs) is that text you're sending so important that you miss your turn and could cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us.
3: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
2: Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. All right. Is there anything, you know, the problem is, I, I swear to God, I'm lo- I've am i looked at several different publications today. There is no happy news right now. Mm. No. You have to
3: look at your inward at your own life and immediate surroundings mm-hmm. if you want to find happiness. I guess, statements. yeah.
2: But I mean, Jesus, you used to be able to find some entertaining and happy stories in the news. Hey, well, here's <laughs> one that'll cheer you up. There's Not a whole hell of a lot of that anymore, is there? No.
0: Well, we got some happy news at our house. Ethan well, what, discovered what chocolate milk.
1: Oh my god. Mm, he's oh, a big fan. He's I bet he's got that permanent mustache now, huh? Yeah. Well
0: we it's all straws because other, we can't trust oh, sure. him with, we can't oh, yeah. trust him with a cup yet. No, not no, yet. It would yeah. everywhere. Everywhere.
1: You could have the slurpy cup, but mm-hmm. it's not the same.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is well, he still headbutting everything? No, not as bad as he used to. Oh, that's good because he went around headbutting everything and everyone Yep. So sometimes,
0: Where did he pick sometimes that up? I it's apparently a very common or common toddler is. behavior they'll just like it go is. up to something and hit it with their head. Hmm. And he would do that all the time. Now it's like mostly by accident.
1: Well I that think. shows you why football players like to do that because it's a primitive instinct. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's going mm-hmm. back to the roots. There you, there you have it. Um I do have to get to this story because it. <laughs> people are just unbelievable. Um, oh, and it wouldn't bring it up. What, did they get rid of the story? Come on, where the hell are you? All the stuff that's loaded up, was loaded up today in Tom's news stories, none of it comes up. What's the problem? What do you mean it doesn't come up? Well, I'm, I'm clicking on the story. It shows a story. Then when I click on the thing to bring the story up, I got it up. It didn't Now it just came up. Thank wow. God. First time it didn't come up at all. Woman pretended to be Waffle House worker for hours to steal cash, police
0: say.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> nobody at nobody Waffle noticed. House. Nobody noticed. She didn't even work there and nobody noticed. <laughs> Riverdale, Georgia. Riverdale police are looking for a woman who they say, they have a picture of her too, by the way. They show their picture. Hmm? Uh, pretended to be a Waffle House employee, got away with cash. The sneaky theft happened at a Waffle House location in the uh, 6,500 block of Highway 85 on December 12th. Investigators say the woman worked two hours at the restaurant before opening the cash register and stealing an undetermined amount of money. Officials shared a surveillance photo of the woman who was uh, seen wearing the chain's trademark hat. She put the old Waffle House hat on. Oh,
1: I'd love to have
2: one of those. <clears throat> oh, Absolutely. If you have any information that could help identify the woman, you got to call Riverdale Detectives at 770-996-3382. That's 770-996-3382. If you recognize a woman, call them now because they need to catch up with her because she's a, she's a thief. That's you know, why. If
0: she worked for two hours, what if she just stole two hours' worth of wages? <laughs> Technically, it's you know, not theft at that point. It's just it's, uh, gig yeah. work. And she,
1: the thing is you'd have to be a sociopath. To, to get that money, I mean, you just wouldn't feel good about yourself because, you know, yeah, it's money, but it's waffle money. It's waffle money, baby. Probably got syrup oh. on also, it. Also, she put her life on the line because the things that happen
3: inside oh God, of a yeah. waffle house oh, are oh absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you you read all the time about you know about crimes, fights breaking out, people being beaten. No, and, and I love. Don't get me wrong. I love the Waffle House. I you know. Oh, I, it's so good. Enjoyed many a fine waffle there, and but the culture there is not. Usually, it's not like. You know you're not you're gonna sit down at that stool and you are going to stare at the wall mm-hmm. for forty minutes and that's going to be it like you know nobody's talking to anyone else they're certainly not reading newspapers they're just staring at the wall
2: and by the way, uh, if you want a description of the woman just in case you run into her so you could call the police and help them out. Mm-hmm. She looks a lot like Mike Tyson. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm looking at her right now. She She's making a face, this very angry face. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Mike Tyson when he used to get in the ring. He made the same face.
1: Well, really, she probably just scared the hell out of people. So when she opened the register, who was going to say anything? Right. Uh,
2: maybe that was the situation. She was like, get the hell away from me. She She got a tough look on her face, I will tell you that. I don't know who she learned it from, but she learned it from somebody, man.
1: And now you got me really hungry. Now you got to go to a Waffle House? I wish there were some.
2: Yeah, there
3: needs to be
0: one. When are
1: the they games. coming here? Start a franchise, mm-hmm. fan. Yeah.
2: And do we not have any here? Nope. No. no. Interesting. Did you hear what one guy did, though, down in the south? He got pissed off at them, so he literally went around with a rifle and shot out all the Ws. So it just said, awful house. <laughs> 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 God, how you can't find that funny, I'll never understand. <laughs> But in any case, uh, also, a, here's the part, the one, the story that I do not understand. I have not read this, which I'm, I try not to pre-read things that we're going to read on the show. Uh, there's a picture of a woman holding up what looks to be, it looks like a whiskey bottle or a vodka bottle. I mean, it's got to be what that is. But... She bought a colorful vase at Goodwill for $399. The rare piece sold at an auction for a hundred and seven thousand dollars. How would Goodwill not know? She bought it for three ninety-nine. Goodwill doesn't do that kind of thing. They're processing
0: the so many things yeah. per day. Yeah. They just they're just like, uh sure. Yeah, three bucks, sir, sure,
2: five bucks. That's true. Um, there's a picture of it, it literally is a, a vodka bottle with green and I don't know, maybe kind of amber coloring. It just why this would be worth 107 Well, I guess we could find out together why it's worth that much. Jessica Vincent had just started surveying the shelves of a Virginia thr- uh, thrift store when a vase caught her eye. It was shaped like a bottle and had ribbons of color, aqua green and amethyst purple. Oh, amethyst purple. That's why I couldn't, mm. hmm, uh, couldn't bring up the color. That spiraled up its glass surface like stripes of paint. The piece looked old amongst the clutter of measuring cups, candles, and other tchotchkes. After adjusting her... I would like to meet all of the disc jockeys that are reading the story that n- knew what the word tchotchke was.
1: Well, I know it because I've sold a house. <laughs>
2: there you go. Mm, there you yep. go. Vincent made out the words Murano and Italia on its base. I bought it thinking it would be a beautiful and, uh, thing, a beautiful piece of my house somewhere, said Vincent 43, a horse trainer who paid $3.99 at a Goodwill outside of Richmond. I definitely didn't buy it thinking, oh, I'm going to sell this. Her thinking changed after some research, and on December 3rd, the base sold through the Wright Auction House for $107,100. The buyer, a top collector from Europe, wished to remain private. That's the whole story, huh? Vincent's purchase came after years of perusing yard sales and thrift stores with her mother. She loves PBS Antiques Roadshow and has daydreamed many times of this kind of lottery ticket level transaction. Why, how, it's interesting that she knew, does it indicate to you that she knew there was a certain high value to this? Kind of sounds like
0: it. Yeah, Yeah. like I don't go around Googling all the words on the bottoms of my vases
3: yeah i think well typically like rule of thumb if i saw something and it had italian as like the brand of it i would assume that it's probably worth a little bit more more than four bucks yeah well that's like my mom there's a store out near where she lives that's kind of like a goodwill thrift store type of thing where she found some huge china hutch that she got for a 100 bucks and she was like i knew it was based off the brand that it was worth and it was like worth thirty thousand dollars or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, mom, what do you sell that thing? Like you don't need the China Hutch, but yeah, you can find good deals yep. everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think That's I cool. I think I when I was twelve, I think I sold my Willie Mays rookie card for ten cents. There you go. That's probably a, big worth a little more now. A little more, yeah. yeah.
2: I always felt like I had a good eye, said Vincent, who visits thrift stores a few times a week after uh, with her partner it says, but I'm really surprised. Uh, that nobody picked it up before I did. The vase was likely on the shelf for only a couple of days, given its quality and the quick rate at which products are sold, said Laura Falson, or Fason, I guess it is. Uh, spokeswoman for Goodwill of Central and Coastal Virginia, each store averages about 2,000 new pieces a day, which just what you guys were talking about. So much stuff comes through those stores, they couldn't possibly know what most of it even is. No. Mm. I mean, 2,000 new pieces a day? That's a lot, man. Uh, It could have been someone uh, cleaning out uh, grandma's basement, as uh, Faison said, of the uh, Vase's uh, backstory. We'll probably never know. So it doesn't really say here if she knew the thing was valuable. She certainly didn't know it was worth $107,000, I wouldn't think.
1: Well, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, she just knew it had some value. It's interesting. Uh, All I
1: was going to say was, if you've ever been at the drive through uh, window at Goodwill... Mm-hmm. And seeing people unload stuff from their cars. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it's I see people they're unloading. You know, stuff that there's probably you know clothing mostly, but it's probably there's probably like you know a thousand items that some people just are.
0: Yeah, they just shovel their entire basement out. That's and they're exactly just like, right. They don't even go through it. They're just like get rid of it.
1: No, and Goodwill, they're not going to say oh, you can you, you can't you can't give us this, but you can give us this. They they just take everything.
2: Mm-hmm. I guess that's the whole deal, man. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, what is this Jewel lawsuit? Jewel is what the smoking, it's a little yeah, fake cigarette they, deal.
3: They came out a while ago, but it's like the vaping pods, and um mm-hmm. they got in a big thing because it was hit they had the flavors and so kids started using them, and there was a some company that made like counterfeit jewel pods that went in that were starting you to don't like, want to use those yeah that were starting to cause lung issues the mm-hmm. like the oil would get into your lungs and stick mm-hmm. and yep. people were dying
2: so that that was jewel that was doing
3: that yeah it was what jewel am- was just the brand that everybody was using like the device but they were putting a different it'd be like oh. if you had a pen and you put a different ink than the normal jewel ink mm-hmm. but it was a different one you started color. huffing it yeah
2: Seattle Public Schools get $1.75 million from Juul after dramatic increase in youth vaping. Why would the school get the money? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, uh, aside from
0: because they have the lobbyists to do so, because I'm sure Seattle schools get uh, a whole lot of
2: taxpayer money. Could be. The Seattle School Board has allowed uh, Seattle Public Schools to accept roughly $1.75 million from a federal lawsuit against Juul and others involving in the, involved in the marketing, distribution of vape products. The money will be sent over four years. The first installment of $750,000 will be paid by the end of December. SPS will also receive about $400,000 in the first half of 2024. Well, I still don't understand what the hell does this have to do with the school board?
0: I don't Apparently, get it. it's because of a marketing thing. They say it was marketed to minors. Mm-hmm. But... What is still had that have to do with school? Well, like I said, it's, you know, Seattle public schools, they're going to get their cut. But why
2: wouldn't the kids who actually were harmed by it get the money?
0: That's a good question, because, yeah, they were um, ordered to pay the money to Washington state. North Carolina's got another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like the
2: states and that sort of thing are suing them. But I don't understand why the school would get it and not the people who are actually harmed by it. I wonder if the, state, if
3: the state sued them and then they're distributing the money they got from the lawsuit to benefit kids, maybe? Type of I mean, thing. That's kind of what I,
1: what I would have inferred, yeah. yeah.
2: So do you think these kids will ever see any of the money? Well, you can
0: uh, if you are the parent of a child 18 or under who became addicted to vaping products then you can join a class action lawsuit
2: yeah oh so it's another lawsuit going on
0: so there are i mean the kid's probably not going to see the money anyway because the parents are going to get it but still <laughs> so well, it,
1: it. you know like a lot of these we've all seen these these we get we get text messages we get emails about about joining a, a class mm-hmm. action mm-hmm. lawsuit yep. and you know and then like if if you're if things go right then somebody you'll get a check for, like, 80 cents. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, th-
3: I think, what was it, <laughs> Apple was involved in one a couple years back, and yep. everybody got, like, I it think was, it was 20
1: bucks or something. Yeah, so I think that the idea of just aggregating all that money and giving it to, to one good cause, and I would say public education is a pretty good cause, not everyone would agree, but that's my take on it. That's, to me, that's not a bad thing. No, D-Hart's no. got a
0: good theory. What's His that? theory is that they're making Jewel pay for the damage to plumbing from kids flushing their Jewel pods because they didn't want to get uh, caught. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would that damage the plumbing? I, I well, think it. I
3: mean, because you're just flushing something mm-hmm. that's not yeah. supposed to be flush. Yeah. Um, he also
0: wants to know how's the video going if you're going to be a star?
3: Oh, I've, well, according to Kristen, we'll find out mm-hmm. hopefully after the holidays. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Early yeah. January.
1: Well, you got to show me the video. it's a yeah he auditioned for a squid game for for squid game
3: uh reality Mm -hmm. show but with these jewel pods um with because the oil is such a high concentration the reason people are getting very concentration it's like if you because a kid would smoke oh i smoke just one you know jewel pod today but it's the equivalent of like two packs of cigarettes that Mm -hmm. they would just oh yeah one pod contains an
0: insane amount of nicotine and like well it's like um Melissa's brother, he used to smoke, mm-hmm. and then he moved over to some e-cig. I don't remember what brand it is. It's not Juul, but um, he was like, oh, it tastes like blue raspberry. Try a puff. And I was like, okay, sure, because I, I, I used to vape in the years past. Mm. Um, I didn't do very high concentration or anything like that. So I was like, sure. Um, the amount of nicotine in a single – I took like a half-second drag. It felt like I had smoked an entire cigar. Ugh. Mm. And the people are, like, taking five-second pulls of this every minute. It's like, I don't even know how you get, like, a tolerance to that amount of nicotine. It's ridiculous.
1: You know, I'm just glad my mother didn't have access to that when she was pregnant. Instead, she just smoked two or three packs of Chesterfields a day.
2: (laughs) God, I I haven't heard Chesterfield in a long
1: time, man. It is a reference.
0: I can't imagine how many birth defects we're going to see related to people— vaping the equivalent of 10 packs of cigarettes yeah. mm-hmm. while they're pregnant. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is one thing that I would say that they are being negligent about is the sheer concentration of nicotine. It's just completely unnecessary. Yeah. Nobody needs that.
2: Girlfriend, you're going to have to hang up your skates, man. What do you mean? I'm sorry to tell you this, but the Minnesota Ice Festival has been canceled what? because of warm oh, weather. Man. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense.
1: First it was the marathon, and now this. <laughs> and now what this. am I
0: supposed to do with my time? And,
1: and when they took away the marathon, you know what? I stayed <laughs> silent.
2: Not no You more. did, yes, yes. But, not, but no more. Now longer. they've
1: taken away the skating, and I'm still silent. <laughs> and pretty soon they'll come for my recumbent exercise bike.
2: And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard
3: is a paid endorser. I have a question. It's going to get cold eventually.
1: Eventually. But can't we just
3: reschedule this? Like how much prep do you need for the ice
0: festival i don't know some of these ice castles Mm -hmm. must take a month to build
1: well i I read a story that said that they've been planning this thing for like six months yeah jeez so it's like you know if you've only got
0: two months of uh weather where you can actually do this kind of thing i guess it might not be worth the amount of prep Uh, the amount of money Mm -hmm. it takes to like build all this stuff because it's going to melt and you know like imagine what if it doesn't get cold enough until mid-january and then, you know, because we're still in an El Nino year, it warms up in like early March.
1: Well, yeah. what, what I worry about is that uh, maybe they won't have the medallion hunt. Medallion Think hunt. Think about the no medallion? If there's no medallion hunt, there is no reason to live in the Twin Cities.
2: <laughs> no, you're right. You have to, we have to get out. No right. question about it. <clears throat> okay. Does this surprise any of you?
1: This is from the Twin Cities
2: Pioneer Press, as a matter of fact. Minnesota program to provide free school meals for all kids is costing the state more than expected.
3: Oh, gee. What a shock. Every program that the state comes up with always costs more than expected.
1: Well, I think the price of gruel has gone up. (laughs) Is that what it is? I don't know. The gruel prices through the roof.
2: I just, honest to God, we it's a nice thing trying to, Provide all kids with a, with a nice meal at least once a day when they go to school. Mm-hmm. But you got to come up with the right cost before you start the program so everybody mm-hmm. knows what's going to happen, don't you?
1: Well, everything has gone up by so much. You know? Can you that's think of pretty... anything that inflation hasn't, hasn't affected? No, I cannot.
2: No, uh, so, what do you think? Okay, so that, that's a, we only got about 10 more minutes of the show. It's a good thing to talk about here. Um, inflation.
1: Mm.
2: Um, I told you we we got lucky. We uh, we and two friends of ours, the four of us, went to dinner, and it was a gift from a friend. The dinner was a gift. Okay, so we didn't have to pay for it, including the tip. Dinner for four was a thousand dollars. No big bottles of wine. There was one bottle of not really expensive wine at all. What the hell costs 250 bucks a person? Hmm.
1: I don't know, but what I do know is that a a pound of tenderloin steak at your local grocery store is, uh, what is it now, about $60? A
0: pound? Yeah, I think (laughs) it probably is. Uh,
1: Yeah, nobody, well, I shouldn't say that. Some people do eat a pound at a time.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, I used to buy these uh, uh, corned beef, uh, what do you call them, the Irish thing. No, no. Brisket, corned oh, beef yeah. brisket. Well, brisket. I used to buy yeah. these corned beef briskets. Yeah. They had to have been three pounds. i throw them in the slow cooker before the show, come home, eat the whole thing.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess the, it's corned beef, though. How can you stop? Exactly.
3: Right. And when you're young, the amount of food that I would yeah. eat in one sitting was just disgusting.
2: Yeah. But would it be two hundred and fifty bucks a person? Man, That's a lot of money. Depends on where you go. Because I yeah. like
0: I don't think I've ever been in a restaurant where two hundred fifty is even close to a per person, you know, yeah. amount. You wouldn't think. There are I mean, restaurants out nice there place. where you're you're buying the atmosphere, you're <laughs> right. buying the prestige. It's really not about yeah, the food. I suppose that yeah. is a big part and of it.
1: And I'd rather have my punch pizza for twelve dollars. Exactly. I love punch pizza. Yeah, no, I mean that's to me that's Good. the greatest meal there is.
2: I had not heard of this lately, but maybe you guys have. Billionaire has bought and demolished seven homes on Duluth Park Point. Do you know this story? No.
1: Why did he do this? He's
2: just buying and blowing up homes because he's like a I he's like a petty supervillain. I will click on the story right now because why would you buy seven homes those homes have to be worth millions of dollars don't they yeah Yeah. well i don't point i don't know what pork park point is but it sounds fancy
3: i wonder if they're all next to each other and he's going to build some super mansion Uh, up there oh
1: maybe well i read that uh, you know you know who steve wynn is of course the the casino magnet Mm -hmm. and um he, uh, Magnate, is that how it's pronounced?
2: I
0: don't
1: know. Oh, actually.
2: Magnate. Mm. Um,
1: he, uh, the house that he built, uh, I guess it's in Las Vegas or somewhere in, nearby, is now for sale for, uh, what was the price tag again? Like it was, I, I, I guess I better look it up, but it was like, you know, uh, 90, is it 90 million or billion it had to be million, right? What's the name of the guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Wynn, W-Y-N-N. Yeah, like W-Y-N-N. the Wynn Hotels out in yeah. Vegas and stuff. And okay. he bought a house? He No, this is a house that he built, and it's now for sale.
0: Let's see. $76 million. $76 million, okay. <laughs> it Well, I mean, you're, I'm sure it's worth the you're, getting you're getting a
1: lot of houses. As I recall, it so. was like 13,000 square feet. 12,600,
0: yep.
3: Yeah. But, yeah, but how many bathrooms?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the, well, that's the weird thing. 12,600 square feet, four bedrooms.
1: Yeah, well, Ooh. that doesn't include the guest house, of course. That doesn't oh, include okay.
0: the guest house. That's a, There's a three-bedroom guest house. So
3: it's actually a steal of a deal. But yes. it's still,
1: it's like, well, the, the pictures
0: of this place, it's clearly not designed for, like, uh, high occupancy use. Right. You know, you're not putting a big family in this despite the... Uh, Marginous and and every,
1: b- every bedroom had had a, it's, its own bathroom. Well, of course, they're all en suite. Yeah, en suite, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means, but I read that. Yeah, it basically well, means it's got old. a bathroom. Oh, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's see if you guys can guess the family. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A member of one of the wealthiest families in the United States has demolished seven homes on Park Point after uh, buying them well above market value, igniting rumors over what will be built in their place and raising concerns over property taxes mm. among the long time. Because, yeah, if they build some huge monolith mm. to live in, other people's run, uh, property taxes are gonna go through the roof. Are they not? Or we could do the opposite and build like a real crap hole and lower everyone's property taxes. Yeah, there you go. you be Just out of spite. Yeah. yeah I mean,
1: what I mean, family is this? I'm gonna
2: put a KOA right there. And... You would know if you thought of it. <laughs> Duluth, one of the wealthiest families in the United States. Oh, by the way, uh, it's a woman who, uh, who bought these houses and tore them down. She will be, uh, it says, uh, built in their place and raising concerns over property tax among longtime residents of the seven-mile-long sandbar. Well, yeah, um, this Park Point
0: thing is basically the Palm Beach of Duluth. It's like a thin strip in the middle of Lake Superior. It's very long, very thin. It's shaped very much like Palm Beach. Um, Yeah. Yeah, if you go, like, to right in the middle of downtown Duluth and just go straight uh, through the aerial
1: lift bridge. So eventually all this property will be underwater anyway.
0: Eventually. Lake Superior. Is Lake Superior rising? I mean, it's a lake. How could it?
1: Uh, Well, I guess... I'm going to alienate people if I suggest how.
3: Oh, are you saying the ice cap is melting and that's going to cause the well, you know, there there's an ice caps? Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: global warming? Honestly, I don't know anything about Lake Superior aside no. from that it's big and very cold.
2: It is indeed. Over the last year, North Shore LS LLC has spent a combined $4.6 million on seven addresses at Park Point, $2 million more than the combined estimated value of all 14 parcels put together. So, 14 parcels for $2.6 yeah, that's, that's not bad, that's actually. It's a steal. Yeah, dude. for
3: real. It's a steal. I mean, my
0: God. Although there are a lot of very old, very not
2: well-kept properties in Duluth.
3: Yeah.
0: So.
2: Yeah, that is true. All right, you want the family name? Mm-hmm. Well, she's married to James R. Cargill II. Ah. Mm.
1: <laughs> he goes, ah! Well, you know, it, it just, it's interesting because... Um, someone i know very well uh lived uh discreetly in a house in the western suburbs for many years and one day the very nice house next door got torn down and uh, in the next uh six to twelve months uh, a mega mansion was built Mm -hmm. next to my friend's house so basically you know Everything's the same, except they no longer get any sunlight in the house. Yep. There's no view. <laughs> it's, uh, and when they look out their window, of course, all they see is a big wall. See Cargill. Cargill. D- yes, well, thank, it was a Cargill who built that well,
3: house. And so, real quick, I just want to point out that I have insider information from one of uh, the listeners Uh-oh. here. Uh, we've got Gary, Gary, the mailman from Duluth. Um, these are his words, not mine. Tevin is correct. They are building a mansion.
0: Well, of course they are. Yeah, what else would
3: they David, do? Heaven is, is correct, right? right that's, I really just want to let you no. know that he says that I am correct.
2: Heaven <laughs> is correct. <Kevin> we <laughs> all said that. Nobody else. <laughs> you threw that in yourself. <laughs> no, you it's, added that. That's part.
3: Gary the mailman. I cannot. Oh, I cannot. Uh, tell well, you. he would know. Yeah. I just don't
0: get like, you know. I'm not trying to say like I'm incorruptible, but <laughs> if I were to <laughs> stumble upon a billion dollars. I don't think one of my instincts would be to tear down a bunch of historic property and build a monument to myself on the ashes.
1: No. But that's, like, what they all do. Yeah, just, you're right about that. I don't get it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tribute to themselves. Mm. I
0: would I would much rather fix up these old places. Although I'm, like, I'm into, like, you know, keeping history almost mm-hmm. to a pathological degree. So there's that. And
3: if I was going to build a monument to myself, I wouldn't... N- Feel the need to tear down something else. Yeah, to there's do plenty so. of land. I can out go there. find a place that is my own. Yeah, go f- go to rural rural
0: Wyoming, buy <laughs> ten thousand acres for twenty five cents, mm-hmm. and build your monument there. You mm-hmm. can make it even bigger.
1: And you could put up a hospital next door too, because in rural Wyoming you could die trying to get to a hospital. <laughs> that is true. If you ever got true. sick.
2: Yep. All I have to say is. If I ever inherited a billion dollars like these people, uh, you won't see him around here (laughs) no more.
3: Exactly. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. The only thing you'll be able to say is, you guys
3: ever remember that Tom Bernard guy? (laughs) Yeah, he's off on some island somewhere. (laughs) You know, know,
1: when you think about all the progress we've made over the years, remember Howard Hughes had to buy the local television station to watch the movies he wanted to see. And
2: what was the movie? He watched it every night, pretty much, for the last year of his life. Oh, I don't know. What was it? Ice Station Zebra. What the hell is Ice Station Zebra? (laughs) That's crazy. Andy's looking up Ice Station (laughs) Zebra. If
1: I I made a list of the thousand movies I'd want to see over and over, I'm pretty sure that one wouldn't make the list.
0: What do you got, Andy? Ice Station Zebra. Remember the name. Your life may depend on it. It's got Rock Hudson, Ernest Borgnine... Hmm? Hey, well, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown was Jim in it. Jim Brown. Yeah. It. Tim Brown no. yeah, it's a espionage thriller film.
1: Jim Brown. He I don't remember it. as being one of our greatest actors. No. Well, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was photographed in Super Panavision
2: 70, though. So, oh, just think about that. There um. you go. All right, that is going to do it for the show today. We'll be back tomorrow. The last shows before Christmas. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that action, ladies and gentlemen? Talk to you later.